Hey, everybody! Look at me. Maybe that. I'm Stuart. Are those? Are those? Are those your peacock feathers? Oh, I like that. It's peacock feathers. Welcome to Whiskey Lead and Steel. Feeling hurt while you wait. The official podcast of Aggressive Defensive Solutions. I'm Rick Sutton, and with me today, Lee Curling. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about press check break dance. Alrighty. And the insanity that fucking follows. Uh-huh. Since since you had really good anecdotal evidence about this and information, I'm going to let you start and wait, tell wait, me wait, all wait, about... Wait, 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 wait. What, what anecdotal information? You were telling me after the, during the AAR of our last Second Saturday series oh. where some uh, otter or something came out and just impressed you with... His weapons manipulation his and weapons how he went about making sure that his shit was ready to go. Dun yeah. dun dun dun. Yeah. Yeah. So so I I I don't like press checks. That's I, I just I just I just have to say that. Right? They're fucking pointless. Just about every single modern firearm out there. Quality. Has well, I'm just gonna say almost every single modern clear weapon. Almost every single modern firearm out there has a loaded at chamber indicator. Right? You know the the MMP, it's on the slide. Right? It's also got a port. And oh, this one has a port too. Yep. So when you put a live round in the little bullet shooting spot there, right? You've you've got you can either do an inspection port, you see brass, or the slide pops out, same as the yeah, um, yeah the the extractor pops out. Yep, that weapon's clear. Right, you know the extractor pops out, right? So you can tell there is a round in the chamber. So you have visual yeah. and tactile you capability. Have visual and tactile ability to check to know that the weapon is loaded. It is not. I, I, I need to say this right now. It is not an unloaded chamber indicator. Nope. No, no, no. We would always manually check to make sure that the, the weapon is unloaded. But why, why would I take a weapon that is designed to have the slide slam forward to put it into battery and go... And take the gun out of battery and risk not going back into battery. Is is the gun designed to go into battery from here? Nope. And being released forward? Nope. It's not. It's in not fact, designed to do that. One of the things that we talk about in training mm -hmm. is ensuring that when you load your weapon, right? So you've got your slide lock to the rear, bring your weapon to the workstation, you seat your magazine. And you just seat the magazine. You don't beat on it. It hasn't done you any harm, right? You seat the magazine, <laughs> and then you send the slide forward under its own pressure, either by hitting the slide catch and sending mm -hmm. it forward, or using the slingshot method, where you grab the serrations behind the business end of the weapon, pull it, and then let go of it. Mm -hmm. We specifically talk about not riding the slide forward because if you ride the slide forward, you change the amount of pressure on the spring and then you run the risk of the weapon not going into battery. Right. With an empty weapon, it's going to go into battery as long as your springs are good. Mm -hmm. But when you add the additional friction from 
a casing and a live round in there, right. you run the risk of it not happening. So we go to the trouble of telling people don't ride the slide at all when you're chambering because just that amount of pressure may prevent the weapon from going into battery. Absolutely. So it's, it's right. not designed to do that. So, but, 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 but Rick, what about all the cool serrations on the back of the gun? So the serrations on the back of the gun. So, clear weapon? Clear weapon. Clear weapon. So, here's everybody's granddad, the Colt 1911, okay? You'll notice it has serrations on the back end of it. And these are cocking serrations. So it's designed specifically for you to grip the weapon back here so your hand is nowhere near the muzzle end of the weapon. Mm -hmm. And so your hand's not up here in a position where you can catch any meat in the ejection port if it slides forward. You pull the slide to the rear with these cocking serrations, which is what they're called, mm -hmm. and let it go, and then that's how it works. Um, back in the 40s, UDT, we can thank these guys, UDT came up with a means of press-checking their weapon because in a 1911, uh, even a modern 1911, since you've got an, an internal extractor, rather, there's no extractor for you to, to be able mm -hmm. to run your finger across and see if it's there. And then they don't have ports in here. So the UDT guys, they're pretty clever dudes, they wanted to check and make sure that their weapon was hot because they were going to have to carry it uh, cocked and locked. So rather than drop the magazine out and see that they had one less round in there, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't do that, but they didn't. What they would do is they would stick their thumb in here. Now, in the 1911, you've got, you don't have a captured guide rod spring. So what happens is, and the dust cover is, is part of the slide, not part of the frame. So you can actually grab here and pull the slide back just enough to see that there is or is not brass in the chamber. And that's a press check. Pressing the slide mm -hmm. to the rear. Well, in the late 70s and the 80s, the SEALs left 1911s and they went to the SIG 226s that have a traditional spring and guide rod model like most everything else that's floating around out there. And the dust cover is part of the frame, not part of the slide. So then you couldn't do that anymore. So SEALs are quick to adapt. So what they did was Rather than grabbing the serrations at the back, I don't know why, they were used to being up here, they grabbed the front of the slide and pulled the slide back so that they could see just like they did on 1911. Mm -hmm. Somebody somewhere saw that happen and thought it was cool because the SEALs were doing it. And then they put it in a movie. And then it, it got its way into movies. And the result of that was the firearms industry saw that people were doing that. So they put serrations up here to make it easy. Now you have serrations back here where you're not risking putting your hand in the front end of a what you presume to be a loaded weapon because you just loaded oh, it. You just loaded so it. So now you're going to put your gun, your hand up here around this, or you're going to come back here and run the risk of catching meat in that slide. Um, it's a horrible fucking idea. I understand why it was there, but since at least 2002, all of the major reputable handgun manufacturers have some type of loaded chamber indicator on all of their weapons. So this is like starting a fire with a stick. Yeah, you could probably do it, but it's way easier mm -hmm. to use a fucking lighter. Um, we're not cavemen anymore. Um, interestingly, though, this led to all kinds of other stupid methodologies of press checks. Mm -hmm. right? When I first became a police officer, mm -hmm. um, we, did, we were taught press checks, and we had slide-mounted decocking levers on our Smith & Wessons. Okay. Right? Right. And they were ambidextrous. And so what you did was you slipped right. them down and then you gripped back here and pulled it back. Mm -hmm. Okay. I get that. We didn't have loaded chamber indicators on the right. Smiths back then. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I get that. But it's no longer point, there's no longer a reason to it. So, but now everybody has to have serrations on the front of their guns. Um, I saw this the other day and I just, this was amazing. So the guy took his thumb and he put it against the serration back here, the cocking serration, and then he grabbed the front of the barrel, or the front of the slide, like it was a cigar, and pulled it back like that. That was so cool looking. Except that it wasn't. It was fucking cheesy looking. Um, but that guy's an operator, so what the fuck do I know? Um, yeah. So, so press checks, you know, it's... You know, it's, I don't know, man. It's like uh, pumping the gas. We're old enough yeah, that yeah, we yeah. had cars that you got in in the winter so you pump, and you, you tum- pump, the- pop the gas three times and then you hit the starter right. and then you then you started your car because mm-hmm. it had a, a manual choke on it. Right. Everything has fuel injection now. You don't do that shit, right? We've evolved. There's mm-hmm. no point in doing a press check unless you want to be noticed and you want people to know how cool you are. In which case, not only do you do the press check, especially if you're at a shooting match, you go through the entire other ballet. So let's talk about that, because I, I know you're, you're all about you're, some T-Rex you're, hands. You're gonna you're gonna you're a T-Rex hands, right? I get T-Rex hands. I got I got I gotta warm my hands up. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that's what it is, right? Alright, so so if you do T-Rex hands, I, I have to know. Why? Is are you just warming your hands up? Right. I mean, is spirit that, fingers? Is that, is that it? Spirit fingers. Spirit fingers. Right. I mean, you know what it is. What? Homo sapiens is a predaceous omnivore. As a result of that, we are visually drawn to movement. So, okay. maybe. Clear weapon. Clear. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Just check it. Maybe. Causes everybody to look at you before you start. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> maybe it's, hey everybody, look at me. Like maybe, maybe that. I'm Stuart. Are what do they, I do? Are those? Are, 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 are those your peacock feathers? Oh, pe- I like that. It's peacock feathers. Look at me. <laughs> peacock got a sore man. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's <laughs> what it is. You guys are just gonna. There's yeah, like three so, different good movie references so, right there. So upset with us right now. I know there's so many people that are like, oh my God, these guys are dicks. Oh, what, is that guy talking about me? <laughs> Probably. Probably. And if your feelings Probably. are hurt, I'm yeah. definitely talking about you. <laughs> and here's the deal. We may still love you, but we're still talking about you. Yeah. Here's the deal. If you do dumb shit, I'm likely to talk shit on you. Now. If your feelings are that hurt, if you're that upset, right, feel free to contact us. Feel free to come here, look into the camera, and state your case and explain why all of that silly bullshit that you do is necessary. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't have a clue. So, it's not necessary. No. So it then fails the three prong test. Three prong test. Fails the three prong test 
horrifically. So you want to explain to 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 sure. the to the listening slash viewing slash irate audience? Absolutely. The three prong test. Absolutely. So, um, and credit where it's due. So, I first I first got introduced to the three prong test, and I don't know if it was Al Clark or Tom Suit. Both of those guys were seals. I met both of those guys and became friends with them back in the nineties. When they came out and they were doing training with the Virginia Beach Police Department's competitive shooting team, mm-hmm. um, and, the, and so one of the two of them was the first person to introduce it to me. And then when I went to work for Blackwater, and Al Clark had been there, mm-hmm. um, that was a that was a standard thing that not only that we taught, but realistically, in the laboratory that Blackwater Lodge and Training Center had really became, that was something that we applied whenever we were whenever we were testing stuff mm-hmm. and whenever we were developing ideas and concepts. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that we applied. So, three-prong test, and I started out using it with anything that had to do with shooting. And then it became anything that had to do with tactics. And then realistically, it had to do with anything other than leisure activity, right? Because mm-hmm. leisure activity is... It, it pretty much It, it doesn't fails. matter. It, it it, it, it's going to fail on this, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So, so the three-prong test is this. When you're looking at a technique, a modality, a tactical concept, um, a training concept, a piece of gear, what have you. Three-pronged test that you ask. Does it work? Can I duplicate it under stress? And is it necessary? And if the answer to any one of those is no, then I jettison what we're talking about. There's no point, right? And here's why. If it doesn't work, why the fuck am I doing? Right? If if from a training standpoint, this set of drills does not get me where I want to be, mm-hmm. then it's pointless. And in doing so, I am now wasting time and energy, both of which are finite resources. Right? And if this doesn't work and I'm wasting time and energy on it, then that's time and energy that I could be doing something else more productive. So I don't do it. If it if you can't duplicate it under stress. Well, then why are you doing it? But realistically, mm-hmm. I shorten that and go, if I can't duplicate it under stress, it doesn't, it doesn't work. work. Right. And if it doesn't work, right. see figure A, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least is, is it necessary? Right? And that's the thing that people miss out on so much stuff. Um, when you get your mag out, and, and, and we'll, talk, we'll talk about the, the reload breakdance, or the, or mm-hmm. the press check breakdance. So when you get your gun out and you come to the workstation and you seat your magazine, if you've seated your magazine correctly and you've put some MAN on it, it's in. Mm-hmm. So the time that I take to take my hand off the magazine, and if it's not seated, that's when it's going to fall out. Um, but if I take my, t- my hand off and I move my hand six inches away, and then I move my hand another six inches, I move my hand a fucking foot. I've covered time and distance, Mm -hmm. and I've impacted that. Now, if I hit it hard enough, I might blow the bottom of the magazine plate off, and all my shit comes out, and now I've got a problem. But even if not, I have taken the time to hit the mag, come back, hit the mag again. Mm -hmm. And then I do, I send the slide forward, and then I do a press check. In order to do the press check, I've got to move my gun. I've got to expend energy. I've got to move my hand. I've got to make contact with the gun. I've got to move the slide. Then the slide has to go back into position. Then invariably, because I've taken it out of battery and I understand that now, because of the mechanics of it, 
I run the risk of it not being in battery. Mm -hmm. Now I have to move my hand around and bang on the back of my fucking slide. All of which takes time. All of which takes energy. And now I'm finally ready to go. And now if I need to drive my gun to the target, I drive my gun to the target and I go to work. Well, so much of that is just a wasted expenditure of time. If I put the mag in and I seat it and I send the slide forward, when I bring my hand back around and grip my weapon, if my mag's not in, it's I'm going to feel it. It's going to fall out. Mm -hmm. right? Realistically, if I've been doing this any amount of time, I can tell, you can tell, the difference between the sound that a slide makes when it closes on an empty chamber and when it closes on a live chamber, on a live round, right? Mm -hmm. So we're just wasting time. Well, if we're wasting time with that drill, every time I'm on the range and every time I do that, say it's, we'll call it 15 seconds. Mm Mm-hmm. Every, every time I do that, I waste 15 seconds. That's 15 seconds that I could be working on my draw. 15 seconds that I could be working on, you know, tar- uh, you know maneuvering, maneuvering the gun from one target to the next or anything else. But then the other thing that comes into play with this is, so I've done this stuff that is extraneous and, it, and it's pointless and it's taken time from my training period. And now, now here's where it gets dangerous. Mm-hmm. I have developed a habit. I've developed a habit that has, not only does it not have a tactical application, it is a tactical detriment Mm -hmm. because I'm wasting time and energy, right? Um, So now if I find myself having to do a reload under stress, and we know this, Mm -hmm. what you do the most is what you will do under stress. And you can say, and I've heard people say, well, this is what I do on the range, but I'm I don't do that, you know, operationally. And I've yeah. watched those guys on building clearings do the same bad shit getting ready to go through the door that they do back on the range. You, Wasting time. Well, uh, you know, train is your fight, right? Yeah. Fight, fight train, is your train, train. fight, yeah. So, and, 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 and the reality is you can't say, I do this on the range, but I do this other thing operationally, right? Because your brain is going to lock into doing something. Going into auto response. Look, and I'm going to go back to, you know, Desert Storm. Mm -hmm. Vehicle accident, nothing to do with guns, right? They knew that I was hurt because just this, this, this radio protocol, it was like you were just, you know, locked in. Everything was just, you know, by the book. And it was, you know, and I used apparently the previous days, you know, um, um, call signs, right? Yeah. I, whatever, right? Yeah. But but it was one of those things, right? It, it's it's you you train a certain way and you build a certain thing, and you're not going to go, oh, I'm just going to only do this on the range. Yeah. But but let's let's you know let's take a step further. You know, you you load your you load your handgun. Mm-hmm. No different than a reload. Nope. Why aren't you doing a press check on a reload? And, and, and my well, argu- right? and, and mean, my argument is, if you do this enough, you're going to end you're up. Gonna do you're going to end up doing that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and we've seen some, right? I, I I see people doing, you know, I see people doing reloads and 
tactical reloads and then end up pulling the slide to the rear all the you time. Know, jet, jettison, uh, you know, all, all the around up, right? And it, and again, you're you're right. It, it it comes from a bad set of you know bad yeah. set of a bad set of unnecessary movements. Right. At, at least once every mm-hmm. second Saturday. Oh yeah. I watch somebody load their load the mag into a closed chamber mm-hmm. and rack slide mm-hmm. and see the round kick out and then go. Oh shit! I didn't realize that I had a live round in there. Uh-huh. So you have now developed this habit that caught you off guard, mm-hmm. that completely interrupted your operational process. So now it's cost you even more time because you went to the trouble of going, oh shit, I didn't realize that was going to happen. Oh, that happened. And then you go to the trouble of commenting about it mm-hmm. and then you get back into the fight. Um, it's really no different. And, and we can take this away from and shooting. Um, one of the things that I look at about on this is if you do martial arts. So if every time you practice a drill or every time you practice a sparring movement, mm-hmm. when that particular movement is over, you take the try, the time and trouble to sort out your gi and, re- and readjust your belt before you get onto the next thing. If you find yourself not on the mat, right, and you've completed what you're supposed to do, and there's a lull in the fight, and you go to the trouble of straightening your gi... And the person you're fighting with doesn't have that mm-hmm. that forced operational memory. They're going to exploit that that nanosecond mm-hmm. and take it over. So it's not just about shooting; right. it's about yeah. anything that's out there. And so, and and I really look at this from a from an instructoral standpoint as well as from a from a student standpoint, which is whatever it is that you're doing martial arts or time in the gym or shooting or whatever it is, you know, practicing your driving. Mm-hmm. If it's not necessary and you're doing it, you are wasting time. And time is a resource. You're wasting energy. Energy is a resource. If I spend 15 seconds every time I have to load my weapon, and I have to load my weapon because of the, the set of drills that we're doing, you know, 15 times today, that's that's seven minutes, mm-hmm. you know, five, six, seven minutes that I could have done something else with, even if that other something else was just relaxing for a second, right? right. Because at the end of the day, you know, if you've taken a couple of two minute breaks here and there, you've gotten you've got more out of your day. And so I look at everything that I and and I look at that as I as I lay out training, mm-hmm. not just for me but for other people. Um, and so when you look at the three-pronged test and then you look at all of the whole, as we talk about break, press check, break dancing and, and, you know, all this other silly shit that goes on, you know, folks are just wasting time. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, if you're at my shooting match, you're wasting the time of the people standing in line behind you. Mm-hmm. And you're wasting the time of the RSOs, the folks who are out here putting the match on for you. So, you know... And when you start talking about some of this too, T Rex hands and good. So, so some of the other stuff. Well, are you? If you are, if you are a defensive shooter, in addition to being a a, a competitive shooter, there's 
there's overlap. Oh, absolutely. Right? absolutely. There's, there's overlap. There's a lot. There's a lot you of know, practice. Are you, you know, are you suddenly gonna, you know, are, are you suddenly going to in a defensive situation, you know, start, you know, playing playing T Rex with, you know, T Rex hands with the guy, right? Perfect example right? of that. Perfect example of that. So, folks who are defensive shooters, right, who come to shooting matches to test bed what it is that they're doing and to to get training and to put some stress on themselves, okay? Um, clear weapon? Clear weapon. Yeah. So when they come out, clear weapon? Clear. When they come out, they get their gun, they take their weapon out, they get a sight picture. They check all of the targets to make sure that the sights are visible on the target, I guess. Right? I guess so. And then they turn their turn their red dot on because... Oh. And down and yeah, up and fuck down, with the sights on the red dot, and then they then they go through all of this back and forth, right? And then they holster up, they get all the things, everything's perfect. And they place their feet just so, then they get ready. None of that's fucking applicable to defensive shooting. Mm -hmm. It's not even, and having been an offensive shooter, it's not even applicable to an offensive shooter, right? right. So. What you're doing there, in my opinion, is you are setting yourself up for an absolute catastrophe. Because what's going to happen is, as we've talked about this, when the guy goes, give me everything you've got, your only, your only hope of coming through that is A, getting inside their barrel, mm -hmm. and B, getting your rounds on target before they can get rounds on target to you. And just like carrying your gun in an appendix, which requires two hands, there's only one reason anybody ever makes this movement, right? If you are so used to, I can't press the trigger mm -hmm. unless I've tapped my magazine a couple of times and I've, I've looked at everything and I'm not sure of the condition of my sights because I carry a red dot and I don't trust that it, it shakes when you open it up. You might have fallen off. Yeah, then... <laughs> Right. Then when seconds count, when milliseconds count, then you're going to be seconds behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. So. We beat that horse to death. Yeah. So. It's a it's an important <clears throat> subject, I think. Yeah. So loaded chamber indicator. Negates the need for press check. Negates the need for press check. Um, uh, unless your hands are really cold, you really don't need to do T Rex hands, and all of that. Really. Peacock feathers. I like the peacock, peacock feathers. feathers. All of that all relates back to the, the three-prong test. Yep. Does it work? Can I duplicate it under stress? And is it necessary? Right. So thank you for bearing with us, um, especially if you're, if you're kind of crying into your beer at the moment because your IPA. Rick, Rick hurt your Crying hurt your into feelings. your IPA or your fucking cider. <laughs> nobody cries into fucking Guinness. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you next time. And the last parting shot is when you're clearing your weapon, do not reach out and grab that round. I'm uh, just saying. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a whole other one that's going to get Rick spun up. Be so safe. Be safe. So upset with us right now. I know there's so many people that are like, oh my God, these guys are dicks. Oh, what, is that guy talking about me? <laughs> Probably. Probably. And if your feelings Probably. are hurt,
I'm yeah. definitely talking about you. 